Hi, I'm Kathy Rushing, host of the podcast Committed, The Entrepreneur Marriage. If your middle name is Restless and you identify with words like innovator, dreamer, change maker, creative, independent, or you are married to an entrepreneur, or heaven help you, you're both entrepreneurs, this podcast is for you. The entrepreneurial journey can be a little wild at times, like uncharted territory. Join me as I talk with others who are at various stages of the entrepreneur process. We'll explore the wisdom and insights they have gained while navigating the ups and downs of the entrepreneur journey. You'll discover that there are many couples who have found ways to thrive in both their business and marriage. Today's episode is the first of several that will focus on entrepreneurs who create art through their words, music, or visual arts. They move us to tears. They move us to action. They move us towards each other. They move us to discover joy or our truest selves. They provide a beautiful respite from the pressures of life. We happen to be a musical family. My father-in-law was a minister of music for several decades. His love of jazz was passed along to Mark and then onto our kids. I remember coming into the boys' room one night when they were in high school, and I found them listening to a radio station out of San Antonio that played jazz on Saturday night. What in the world, I thought. They were into all the popular music of their high school years, but jazz? It was an unexpected connection between generations. We lived in Texas for many years and loved living near Austin, known as the live music capital of the world. We began following different Americana musicians about 15 years ago, many of whom would play at Green Hall, which is the iconic dance hall, they claim it's the oldest in Texas, just outside New Braunfels. One of the first musicians we started following was Walt Wilkins. He is one of the most talented, generous singer-songwriters around. Full stop. I am joined today by Walt and his wife, Tina Mitchell Wilkins, a funny, talented singer-songwriter in her own right. Join me now as I talk with Walt and Tina about their roller coaster journey as musicians who have managed to raise an awesome young man while maintaining a strong marriage. Walt and Tina Wilkins are my guests today. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you, Thank Kathy. You, Kathy. It's great Thank to you so see you. Much. It is wonderful to see you guys. I have loved catching most of your front porch concerts this year. They've they've been so life giving. So, Thank you. well, let's get a little bit of background on you guys. How long have y'all been married currently? Twenty years. We awesome. uh, celebrated our twentieth anniversary on December thirtieth of last year. Oh, that is awesome. And we have all enjoyed watching Luke grow up at various concerts, but he is off to college. How are you guys adjusting to being empty nesters? It doesn't feel so empty. He's two, he's two hours away, which is just about perfect. Yeah. It's on this weekend. We travel out that way. You know, we're out in his area pretty often. Okay. 
while he doesn't come home, he's, he's really thriving. Yeah. You know, with all the communication there is, it's so unlike when we went to, went off to college, you know, so we never felt too out of touch with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. When we were in college, well, I'll speak for myself, um, being a wee bit older, I think, but, you know, we had to wait till Sunday night after, I don't know, nine o'clock when the rates went down. You know? <laughs> right, I remember that. <laughs> and then it was a short call. So yeah. anyway, I have some fun kind of get to know you questions for people that have not yet been introduced to you. I hope they will go and find your music after this. If your marriage was a team sport, what would it be? <laughs> oh my God. If it was a team sport, were we on the same team? <laughs> uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, you know, uh, rowing is not a bad uh, analogy, you know. Oh, that's good. But, uh, I was thinking tennis. Tennis. So, would you be doubles partners or? <laughs> yeah, we partners are hitting. Yeah, I was, no, I was thinking we were doubles partners. Oh, go for that. Kind of helping each other, you know. <laughs> you know, get the stuff you can't. The other one can't get. Right, to. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fun. That's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> we're pretty competitive. So, did we win? <laughs> I don't know if we won on that that question. Yeah, there's uh, there's no winning. Uh-oh. I know. Right? <laughs> we all have that competitive you edge, know, so right? What the point is that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True competitors. <laughs> what book or person has influenced the person you are today? Oh, boy. You go first, darling. Uh, well, like I said this last night, I'm not a particularly great Christian. I didn't think about that. We, we don't go to church, really. But... Um, the Bible, just because I love Jesus. I mean, that's that's the that's the man. But also, there's a book. Uh, you know, it's funny. I thought of it last night. We, in fact, mentioned it last night. And I can't think of the guy's name that wrote it. It's terrible. But a book called Ireland, and it was a oh. historical novel about the uh, set in Ireland. Obviously, the in the tradition, it's set in the milieu of the tradition of the Irish walking poets, mm. which was a five or six hundred year tradition of poets who literally walked around the island from village to village, bringing the news from the last village or the village before, and also the poems. You know, every village had a poet. He might bring poems or maybe the latest poem by, you know, Yeats, whatever. And that book, my mom used to give me stuff to read. Most of it, I'd be like, okay, you know. But that book, I started and and really was moved by it because I think about it uh, all the time as what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, not stars. We kind of tr- are based in Texas. We get to travel the country and Europe, but still, most mm-hmm. of our life is in 300 mile radius in the middle of Texas. And, and it is like that going from Houston to Dallas, Dallas mm-hmm. to yeah. Austin, San Antonio to Lubbock, Lubbock to, you know, that's our life. Yeah. And that makes me yeah. think that book has really stayed with me. Huh. That's that beautiful. was long, and I, I apologize. <laughs> well, no. good news. He brings the good news to me. <laughs> no. He sure does. Um, yeah. I'd say uh, a person that influenced me uh, just to completely be myself and, and trust my instincts and trust my heart was my dad. And my dad has been uh, gone for about 26 years now, but he was a good dude. He was uh, really a, a wonderful human and a truth teller and... Um, good soulful soulful person so that was a, a great mentor to have growing up so awesome so great to have that yeah so 
tell us a little bit about how you guys met. All right. <laughs> That's easy. We, uh, <laughs> we moved to Nashville roughly the same time. I was there a few months earlier than her. And uh, when Tina got there, she soon after she moved, uh, she got a job at uh, a restaurant. A really cool little small restaurant right on what they call Music Row, 16th Avenue South. Literally right in the middle of businesses. Uh, Warner Brothers was next door. Uh, the, the most popular, most famous mastering studio was in, on the other side. Behind them was three publishing companies in the gospel music offices. I mean, it was right in the middle of everything. And it was a, a, a lunch place, well, lunch and dinner. And Tina was the, the lunchtime bartender. 11 to 4 every day. And so that restaurant was filled with uh, music business people mm-hmm. from heads of labels to famous lawyers to the artists themselves. I mean, it was just, was, if, if there were civilians there, it was because they had heard about it and that was a place to go people watch. Huh. And uh, the, my first publishing deal was BMG and the back door of BMG went across a parking lot to the back door of Sammy of, of Sammy B's. And so my my publisher would take me to lunch there two or three times a week. And mm-hmm. we always sat at the corner. I mean, sit, sat at the bar. At the bar. And, uh, and that's where I met Tina. And, uh, you know, we didn't, we were just friends. You know, I just thought she was cute and funny and <laughs> just smart. And she played cool music at the bar. And, um, but, but she had a boyfriend, and so I never, and, and I got to know him over the course of the next three years, two years, three years after meeting. So we, you know, I never thought about her as any way, except for really, I liked her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so who made the next move? Uh, well, like my mom said, true love does not travel a smooth road. Uh, <laughs> true love travels a rocky road or something like that. It was, uh, you know, because she was engaged it, it was uh and i'll let you tell how much you want to say about it. <laughs> but, uh, it was it was a uh, it was an interesting yeah it was we it series. wasn't easy it wasn't easy it at wasn't all easy. it wasn't like oh i love you let's date let's get married now we had a lot yeah. of roller coasters okay. and um a lot of ups and downs before we landed on the same page so yeah gratefully several years later we did yeah. And so it was a long time, it sounds like. A couple of years, you said. Yeah. Oh, until yeah. we, I'd say Four rocky s- five, wolf. six years before we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got married in 2000. And so seven years, six or seven years, we got married after the meeting. And oh a lot God. of good music that came out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what took each of you to Nashville. What was your, what was your dream, your hope? When you went, well, I loved. I, I was singing quite a bit in LA, and I I was very curious about. Oh, uh, we, there was a really cool resurgence of country rock that was happening in LA, and there was a gentleman named Billy Block who started this Billy Block Western Beat. I don't know if it was called that at that time. It was um, Western Beat, but anyway, so I would I would go downtown and I would uh, just be 
um, mesmerized by the musicians he was bringing in, and a lot of them were from Nashville. Um, so eventually I thought, well, I just need to take a trip to Nashville because the, the writing was so cool and the folks were so cool. And so I went with my dad one trip and then I went with my mom one trip and then I thought, oh, and we ended up at the Bluebird Cafe where the writers were playing in the round and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was just absolutely stunning. And so I thought, I want to be near this kind of music. So uh, eventually I, I got myself there. 1994. Okay. Um, and I didn't know anything about, I mean, I would, I was a writer, but I wasn't that kind of writer. Uh, I would, I mainly moved to Nashville to be a singer. So okay. I, I just couldn't believe that the quality of songs that I was hearing and, and the musicianship. Oh, it was just amazing to be surrounded by those stunning musicians. So you know, I just, I was pretty naive. I just thought, well, hell, I just need to go to Nashville. <laughs> And it was a it was a great learning experience. It was like getting a master's degree in uh, music and study and publishing, and it was really really a, a great thing. Okay, and Walt? And I, I'm from Austin. I uh, I had no I had a strong anti Nashville bias growing up in Austin, <laughs> and uh, playing in Austin, I was playing. I was had a group of songs. Uh, 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 the first this how you know how old it was a cassette. <laughs> I made my first project. It was it wasn't even a project, really. It was a live. No, my first project. Sorry, Kathy. My first project. Uh, the piano player uh, was my best friend, and he was a film guy. And he lived in Florida, worked some in Nashville. And he, when he was in Nashville doing a music video one time, he gave it to this lady who gave it to her sister, who gave it to her husband, and mm-hmm. he was the head of BMG Publishing, which was a big publishing company. And he called me at my, I had a job in Austin. I loved, I had a great life. And, uh, he called me and said, I'm, you know, I thought I was like, well, come on. Who's, you know, this is a joke, right? He said, I think you should come here. And, and, uh, so I did, I flew up there and met him and hung out a couple of days and then stayed in touch and then made the decision to go ahead and quit this job. I love my hometown and everything. And, went to Nashville and I was lucky then they were, it was easier to get a publishing deal. Not that it was easy, but it was easier than it was later and is now. And so I, I kind of, when I moved there, I had, uh, had already sold a few songs to them and had a, a promise of a publishing deal in hand. So it yeah. was cool. Very cool. Do either of you remember the first song that was purchased, like that made you feel like this oh, yeah. is a real thing? Yeah, I, uh, this guy, uh, Todd Wilkes at BMG Nashville arranged for my first demo session, which is an incredible experience in Nashville. It's a, rec- it's a recording project with the greatest musicians in the world. And you, they do your songs in a day. I mean, it's so five songs. The first song I ever had recorded there, and, and I had done recording on my own, you know, in studios in, in Austin and Waco. But uh, I, uh, seeing these guys was a different level, you know. Really? And the first song was a song called Big Hopes. That was the first song on a five-song session. (laughs) I love uh, that song. Thank you. And the musicians were cool and uh, were like, really, I got the feeling they were like, dude, you you need to get up here. This is good stuff. And it was a great session. And uh, but yeah, big hopes, which ultimately it took a few years, did get cut by a guy named Ty Herndon. And uh, and it's but anyway, it was, yeah, I remember the feeling. It was just, I was over my head and, uh, and it was fun. Oh, wow. So you dated a while, 
eventually got married, and eventually you left Nashville. Uh, what what right. led to the decision to come back to Texas? There were two two strains. That one, we we were there to watch the music business change and go through one of its dramatic changes. And the dramatic change was when we got there. It was the tail end of uh, when publishing companies really did. You handed in songs, and they really could go get them cut. After we were there a few years, and I think it had to do with the in the wake of Garth money, Nashville money had just ex, uh, multiplied the money that was at stake, multiplied 10 times. And so guys that we grew up loving that meant the world to me as a country music guy, uh, it was not like that anymore. It was huge money. So producers... There are only a few half dozen producers that made all the records. They bought their started their own publishing companies, hired their own writers because they knew that's where the big money was. Getting those song copyrights on records, getting them on the radio. That's where you really make money that you can keep and keep an income. So they all started their own publishing companies, hired their own writers. And if you were one of those writers that worked that wrote for a producer, one of the five producers in town, it was cake. Uh, if you weren't one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it got to where you really, the, the odds of getting a cut on a record. And, and and that system, it affected everything because it didn't mean the best songs were going, you know, to records. And it got depressing. It was hard to live there. Uh, and I miss playing live. I really love playing live. I and mean, I played in Nashville. It wasn't the same as going out and playing gigs, you know. Oh, man, it's very, very different. And Tina was the same. She had signed to Warner Brothers for a little while, and that didn't work out. So at that point, it looked like, well, I'm not sure what's let, what's what's here. And I still had a publishing deal, a good one, but uh, it just didn't feel right. And then our son was two, and we both wanted to raise him in the West. We're Westerners, you know. Uh, Tina from California, and I'm from Texas. I don't consider it the South. Austin's the beginning of the West. So we wanted to raise him out here. And be close to his parents. His parents. My folks were here, and uh, but mainly we just we were ready to change. We've both been there ten years, yeah, and, and okay. neither of us ever felt at home there in Nashville. That wasn't our home. No, Some people didn't. get up there and love it and feel like this is it. I'll stay. Yeah, but yeah, us, we just didn't. Nice, a lot of nice folks, mm-hmm. and, and and it was a great learning experience. And and I truly missed it when I moved because I was surrounded by women who are either playing music or married to musicians and raising their families in that vein. So when we moved back to Texas, we lived, moved into this neighborhood and it was very, very different, you know, <laughs> yeah. very different. So, you know, we were kind of the weirdos living here and um, still are. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> it, was, it was really great to move to Texas. I just, I, in my life, I didn't know how wonderful wonderful it was she liked it from the first morning i did but i loved coming. Yeah. i loved visiting when we were in nashville we would come to texas mm-hmm. to visit it was it felt it always felt really comfortable and home like home yeah so it's funny isn't it how certain places just resonate home mm-hmm. and others you just never correct yeah feel Very that well their loss was our gain oh, thank thanks. you yeah, so what, what year was it when y'all came to Texas? 2004. All right. I think y'all must have been like still unpacking boxes maybe when, Walt, you were playing Green Hall, which is a the oldest dance hall in Texas. It's, it's a treasure. 
and they do that Friday afternoon club. And I think Ryan had gone, popped in for something, and he came home with this CD that he won. Oh, cool. Yes. And Walt Wilkins, we haven't heard of him. We started playing it. And to this day, y'all's music, whether it's some of your songs, Tina, some that you've done together, or Mr. Caro's, that's our traveling music. It's, as you know, I mean, you did the rehearsal dinner for Ryan and Amy. You sang yeah. at Hannah and Hunter's wedding. I mean, I feel like y'all are an extension of family. And we your music is... Too. Y'all make us feel that way. Oh, but y'all, y'all it's... A great family. So, so well, it's, thank it's, you. You are really better family. than, you know, mine anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can, we'll we'll adopt you any day, Uh, but we do. We feel like your family and your music, I honestly don't know of better songwriters. And I've scratched my head at times wondering, why have you not had the commercial success? But I think that's possibly been a choice that you've made. And I don't know, you, you can speak to that because... I feel like we've had this little treasure and I almost don't want people to know, but <laughs> of course I want, you know, your music to spread far and wide. Thank you. Well, it, it does. Our music does spread far and wide. We get airplay mm-hmm. every day in Europe and all these places. It's not like hit, like, you know, the big money, but I think it's a great feeling knowing somewhere right now, some on some radio station in the world is playing us. Uh, and it, it was no, we. I it it, uh, it was not a choice not to be successful. I went to Nashville thinking I'm kind of engineered for this. I think yeah. it didn't really occur to me till seven or eight years in Nashville. I was like, I never occurred to me that I wouldn't have a couple of hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought I'm pretty good. I I go out and play yeah, these songs. I know, I know they connect, you know. But yeah. it just uh, part of it's luck, and part of it is the uh, Nashville was a bit it of a was a bit of a game. You know, there was yeah. a bit of a game that you were to play. And, and uh, I'm my father's son. I'm, I wasn't very good at acting like I like someone if I didn't, you know, and kiss an ass. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. But that was yeah. definitely a helper for a career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Y'all have written a number of songs together. And uh, when you sing together, it is magic. <sighs> But your writing also is very fun. What does the creative process of writing together look like? <laughs> well, the truth is that's that's not one of our that doesn't come real easy for we 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 write very differently. Tina is insanely funny and clever. She is. And uh and I'm neither insanely clever or funny. You know, mm. I, I just came from a different way of writing and uh full of self anger and doubt you know so, <laughs> i don't want to really bring that no it's uh she's we do write it's and when we write we tend to write funnier lighter stuff because because yeah. she's just so funny yeah but, it's fun. yeah it's fun we don't write often mm-hmm. but not often also poet and i i write limericks <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well you're a good balance for each other anyway <laughs> So the life of a troubadour, that's how you refer to yourself often, Walt, is uh, is challenging. You're on the road for many nights, or at least before a year ago, <laughs> you were. Uh, but late nights, many days away from home, women can be just have no boundaries, you know, throwing <laughs> themselves at musicians. That's never been a problem. I talk about Tina every night on stage. 
And you I do. No one, no woman has ever come up and tried to be like flirting with me ever. That's well, so one, awesome. I, I look like their grandfather, you know. I, <laughs> and but two is I, I always talk about teen entrepreneurs, always. Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, it's it can be tough. You have to believe that you're born to do this. I think, and that's why I think a lot of people start this life find it you can see it does look romantic from the outside and there is and it is i mean to do what you love to do and to travel and meet people and all that stuff is fun and 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 the type of people you meet and you know it's uh i'm sure there are interesting accountants we know a couple but if your life is around other artists if a good part of your life is around other it's that's an interesting life these are interesting Very. people. It's never boring. It's never boring. And parts of it are hard. Being away sometimes is hard. But Tina is so even-tempered. And she was a good mama, you know. And mm-hmm. and another thing that does help, like we, we had talked earlier, the staying in touch is so much easier. Cell phones were invented, you know, or became common right about when we got married. And, and that's when mm-hmm. I really hit the road. I hit the road again in 98, I guess. With the when I made my first record, started coming to Texas all the time, so it was part of our lives from the beginning. You know, uh, we know several marriages where someone has both have a straight job, and one of one of the people says, "I'm not going to be happy unless I tried playing music." You know, mm-hmm. and and that's tough. Yeah, yeah. If someone hits the road when it breaks the 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 uh, the pattern that they've had before, that's that stuff. But we, we, this was always how we were going to do it, you know? Sure. You get so you grew into it. Yeah. 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 And I had the, I had the great luxury, you know, Walt hit the road hard. And so I stayed home and, and took care of Luke. And that was just a, a great gift. And we yeah. modestly and humbly and, and did what we could to, you know, make ends meet. But it was a great gift just mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, taking the games and get involved with PTA, volunteer and work here and there. But it was it was really great. Yeah. Wonderful. How do you make space for your own creativity, your partner's creativity and raise a family? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Yeah, that's that's what we really do. That is mm. one we really do deal with. Yeah. That, that's a that's a tough part of it, because to stay. Uh, you've got to have, I have to have space and solitude to create and that's tough to find, you know, in the stru- in a family structure, you know, mm-hmm. you come home from a week, get home on Sunday night or Monday. And then what you really like, I need to really need to go be alone. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> you know, yeah. now we didn't, you know, but, but that was a, I mean, we, it didn't leave, we were fighting or anything, but, but we, that tension inside me was there a lot. You know, we, we, you got to have space to create, or I do, but not everyone does, but most mm-hmm. people I think need a little solitude solitude to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's in short supply. You know, if you're on the road too, you think it's being on the road or driving is not the kind of being still and contemplative that you, mm-hmm. that you crave. We're trying to, I think our next working chapter, on it now. that's what, yeah, that's what we're working on now. We really, um, we like to create that space so each of us can, you know, have that time to get quiet and, and meditate and pray a bit and, and uh, see what comes from that. Because it's been kind of hit the, hit the ground running when, <laughs> when, we, when we moved here, had the family. And mm-hmm. now, yeah. wow, maybe perhaps we can, you know, create that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And somehow in the midst of that, Tina, you have still found time to write and produce your own albums. And Yes, yes. I, I um, let's see, in, in 2018, see, I released three records seven, between 2017 and 2018. So that was really fun. Awesome. And writing and, um, yeah, creating as much as we can and producing a festival. And it's been, it's been pretty great. Yeah, is that going to happen this year? Walt Stock and Barrel. We feel, I felt ninety five percent sure it would. Until mon- until we got, we were off the grid for three days, Monday, Tuesday, and part of Wednesday. When we got hooked back up, driving through West Texas and our, you know, when you hit the cell and all the messages have been all stuff from Presidio. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> we were driving through Presidio and. It, Alarms were going off everywhere on our phones. When we found out the governor is not going to, you know, change the mask protocols here in Texas, I, I think that really affects whether or not we're going to do a festival mm. in person. We still might, but it's going to affect it. That's but a we'll, smaller version. It's of a small. Festival. We were already going to do a smaller one, but now it's going to be smaller again. I think, but we'll do an online one as well, and, and not just. Not just a camera on a here's who's playing. It's going to be uh, a little more. Con- it'll be a great event, but yeah. but yes. So May fourteenth and fifteenth, we will do that. Oh, awesome! We'll put that on our and calendar. Last year, we had to cancel last year, of course, yeah. and that would have been our fourth. Okay. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun up in the hill country. Oh, it's yeah. A, it's, it's the first three, all of them, just so fun. Yeah. 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 We had about a thousand plus people Mm -hmm. too. And it's, it was three, four days of music. And uh, so this year, this will be a lot smaller and perhaps we'll swing back next year. But um, for the time being, we're just going to have it just an (coughs) mini festival and an online wall stock. Gotcha. The music industry is a fickle thing with a lot of highs and lows. I wonder what is a high for each of you? Well, uh, this is something I think about a lot. The music industry is, of course, crazy and, and subject to fads and whatever else. I, I'll speak for myself. I don't have anything to do with the music industry and haven't now for really at least 10 years. I, mm-hmm. I opted out of my last publishing deal nine, nine years ago. I know exactly what it was nine years ago. I opted, opted out of my deal, which no one ever does. But I just thought, I'm ready to cut the tie. I don't have anything to do with Nashville. Uh, we have rarely... I mean, we we have contacts there, and if a song gets cut from an old catalog, then you know I do the paperwork. And same with uh, we've had a couple of songs in TV shows, so it's LA. But that's almost nothing. Our lives are playing rooms filled with people that are coming to hear us. It's not. Mm -hmm. It it feels. uh, It's not an industry. It's not a. The business, of course, counting money, but but otherwise, it doesn't even feel like a business. It's a calling. And uh, and it's a, a good one, and to have, and it's an incredibly uh, rewarding endeavor. You know, playing songs for people who are for small rooms, generally, mm-hmm. uh, all over the country, uh, and and then we get to go to Europe. So that it's great, but it has it it has no connect. It feels to me like there's really no connection to industry at all, a music yeah. business. That's how I feel. How about you, Tina? Um, Any thoughts there? I think our, our intention was when we moved to Nashville, you know, you think you're going to um, 
it was a great learning curve moving there because you saw that it was like a uh it, what is it when you when you crank it out and go in uh, it's a factory yeah it was like a factory a it was like a song factory, factory. Yeah. and that was that was pretty surprising and pretty shocking um especially i was singing a lot in la and it was just really joyous and fun stuff like that but then when i moved to nashville it was it was a factory i there's no doubt about it. So, and you think that perhaps maybe we get, you know, maybe we got a shot. Maybe, you know, I got, I had a record deal with a couple of women friends of mine. I thought, man, this is, this is how it works. Well, you know, the best singers and the best uh, songs don't, like Walt said, don't necessarily get seen or heard. So when we move back here to Texas, it was absolutely the most exciting thing to see that people would drive two hours to see their favorite artists sing their songs. Yeah. And that was, I had a glimpse of that in LA, but here it was just, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, and to see people dance to live music in, in the big halls to original music, it was just amazing. So yeah. the reward to me is, um, is that, I mean, we, it's just been amazing. We've just, the, the community, the friends, the fans, it's hard to even say fans, you know, cause they're all friends. It's just been just the the greatest blessing ever. Yeah. And maybe I should expand rather than music industry. Maybe I should say the life of a musician. Right. And the flip side of that, what's been a low point on that journey? The the lows are, they're pretty pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's like being a salesman that you work on a, if a song gets cut and then it doesn't, become a hit when and when you think it will or when you've been told it will or when all the math says it's going to be and that's happened i'd say three times for sure therefore mm-hmm. if songs are placed in places that look like it's really going to change your fortune and change and, I, and not just money for me that's secondary it's going to change mm-hmm. where how you're seen mm-hmm. and uh and when it didn't ha- have a couple of times have been really tough uh, one in particular was a, a kind of a it was a kick in the kick in the gut, but yeah. uh, but that's you know that's like every industry has their every way of life has it. like being a salesman you you could work on Tina's cousin is married to one just guy we love and he sells huge manufacturing machines machines that make uh, that print on boxes they very particular they're huge and you make one sale a year. Mm-hmm. And you, you're like, okay, I made my sale this year. If you make two, yeah. you're rocking. Wow. But if you don't make one or one gets up to the last minute, and you know, that's a little bit, I, I think it's very much like being a songwriter waiting for a song to get cut mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or get cut and then not become a single. And, and if it becomes a single, not become a hit. Those, those are tough things. Yeah. How have you guys supported each other in those low points? Because I think those are the things that are important if somebody's going to succeed as a musician, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that we met in Nashville and both mm-hmm. were there for music, we know how we, Tina knows intimately how this life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we know about, we know about that, mm-hmm. how fortunes can shift. So that's good. I, you know, if Tina didn't didn't really understand that, you know, especially the business part, we're not getting hits in Nashville and stuff. That would be hard to convey to somebody. 
Yeah, I think so. Because I, I lived it too. Yeah. You know, I could see, yeah, gosh, she, people, she when she I was, was bartending, yeah. you would see people come in with that were, um, that were the taste of, um, what are they? They're yeah, the, the, they're the flavor of the yeah. month. And they're yeah, the flavor of the month. That's what I was trying big, to think of. Yeah, Tina's Bar was a real, oh. a real center place for uh, songwriters and then artists. I mean, people who later became famous and who were, yeah. and, and literally she could watch one guy come in. I may never forget when, uh, what's his name, got signed and everyone knew it. Everyone knew what happened to everybody. There's internal paper. It's a small industry. And, uh, and, and one guy bought leather pants and came to the bar that you're like, what are you doing in leather pants? You know, I got signed, you know, and yeah. then that thing was over in a week. Yeah. And, and it was, was like tough. back to probably find somebody to take his leather pants. And, uh, <laughs> he was kind of a goofball anyway, but, um, and then, uh, then you'd see but, people get cuts and who were like half the writer that Walt is and it mm -hmm. just, and then they skyrocket and then they have money and then they keep getting cuts from other artists and they're like, and it's just, it's baffling. It's, you can't even believe it. You know, just Tina got witnessing to see a lot that of, uh, a lot of people ascend, ascend. I, I tell you what I was. So the, the group that I was in was signed to Warner brothers and, and people would come in all the time to the bar while we were still there. And they would be like, Oh, this is so great. This is so great. Try to give us songs and tapes and stuff like that. As soon as they heard that we weren't signed anymore or that we were, they were looking for other things. It stopped like that. So I got to witness it. I mean, for one day, yeah. you, for a week, you're like the, oh my gosh, these these are the greatest singers ever. They're going to be awesome. And then <laughs> that one day that somebody heard that, you, oh, well, they're not on the roster anymore. That's it. You're it's a bartender. It's, done. it's like done. You're yeah. a bartender. Where the, yeah. the day before you were the greatest singer in the world, you know, nothing changed with me or nothing changed with the wall. The fact that he had a song that was cut and should have been number one, but it's just perception. And, yeah. and it was... Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tina would say yeah, the roller coaster bitch. part of the life is Completely. the toughest part of this life. But it also toughened you up. Being married to somebody who was on the roller coaster, it's, it's hard. It's super hard. You try your best to uh, let, it, let this person know that, look, I love you, period. I love you no matter what. And I think you're great no matter what, but it's hard. When you see that perhaps you can help pay for uh, your kid's college. And then the next day you're like, shit, I got to hit the road for, you know, a hundred more dates. Shit, we don't yeah. we can't afford the tires that we need. You know? <laughs> Seriously, it, yeah. it can change from day to day. It really, it, it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, and then it's like, then you go and sing uh, in front of a hundred people and it's just the greatest feeling in the whole world. So you ride that for a while and, mm -hmm. and then realize that, oh my God, I got to do this again for the next it's funny. 18 you can, years. You can, you can, you can play a gig and like Fort Worth is a great town for us. I've been on the radio there for 20 years now. And so I have a, you know, I'm going to have a good room. And uh, those are great nights. And then I could drive somewhere else. Or if you get out of state, you can pull up and someone's like, who are you? I'm here to play. I was contract. I'm ready. You're like, huh? huh. They put Walt Whitman on the, or you're, the marquee. You're just oh, name wrong or Bobby oh, Whitley or, you know, I mean, it's it's funny. You can be from one night to the next. That stuff's pretty yeah. fun. Or they holler out Freebird. That's always fun. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, somehow you guys have ridden that roller coaster with grace. And we watched you uh, as your following grew in Texas. And we'd go hear you. And you were always featuring some new artist. You both have been mentors, I know, to many young artists. Generous, kind, very 
gracious with your time, your words, your encouragement. I know you've produced a number of up-and-coming artists. What advice would you give to couples, whether one or both are artists, when starting out about keeping integrity Mm -hmm. in this journey? I, I, I do say this to people. I want to say one more thing about surviving the roller coaster. One of the greatest ways, and I'm lucky just because Tina is one of the funniest people I've ever met, but humor sure helps in this life. You got, you got to laugh at it. You got to believe it means something in the big picture, but you also got to laugh at those, at this minor stuff, you know, because a lot of it is really funny, you know? Um, I, I tell I tell guys and, and young people that I work with or get to talk to. I was telling what I learned it took years to, to learn is that you have to figure out a way to define success for yourself. Because if you choose this life, you can't compare it to your friends that became lawyers, accountants, whatever anyone. You can't compare this to anything except tenuously at times. But I mean, it's it's you have to decide what's going to be successful for you. Mm. And uh, I think that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. And then always you know, people, people always ask, I don't like to talk about songwriting, but people do that. Young people ask about writing all the time. I say, try to write with fewer words. That's the main. <laughs> and edit. Keep editing. <laughs> Keep editing. Yeah. <laughs> and try to find a voice, your own voice to say something, you know, mm-hmm. that, that everyone else is saying every day. So you better find a way that, that to say it. There's only so many notes and so many words yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> Very well, true. Kathy, he is, he is such a benevolent, it, when, when they, the Miss Carols were together, he's such a benevolent leader and so gracious. He gave, you know, and, and so um, welcoming for the young artists too. He's and a fellow artist too. It's just really, he's super, super mindful about giving people a chance, giving them a step. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. I, you know, that's the way to live. It'd be dumb to live any other way, but, and it makes it more fun. You know, we have a whole community of people that we really treasure. We're part of a community that we feel fortunate about. Yes. Yeah. It's a great circus. Yeah. It's a great circus. <laughs> it's a circus. <laughs> it's a great circus. Yeah. And they, and they are your monkeys. We are the monkeys. <laughs> we don't know who the ringleader is. Yeah, I wish yeah. we did, but yeah. we're, we're oh <laughs> man, it is. A but this sometimes we're the wire walkers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this year of COVID, you know that no one saw what was coming, but you guys have shown up. You've lost friends this year. Walt, you lost your dad, and you guys continue to show up. Every week. How many shows on Thursday now have you done? Last night was 49. Golly. We started the first week of the lockdown. You know, there was the, when it, when it, as it, as it set in, the reality of it set in, there was a half day of like, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) What is uh, going on? That was a half day. And and then that Monday I said, you know what? We've done online shows before for friends in Europe. Uh, we've done these let's and and let's do it let's start Thursday and I think we were the first people I know that were like let's get it right now we did but I do remember thinking let's do this uh, honey we'll do this you know for four or five weeks however long this takes you know <laughs> 49 weeks later 49 weeks later and uh and and there is an end in sight but it's not it's it's another it's you know another month or two but uh, yeah. those shows 
have kept us sane because if you are you're on a if you're on a clock where you sing and play and have that interaction it's it, we've learned oh if you really go without it that would that would be terrible if that's what your work you're born to do you know and people have been incredibly generous, and we've been fine, fine enough that we didn't apply for any of the things that we could have. We thought some people need it worse than us. Really? Have a people that are to take care of us. Really? And uh, but showing up every week's important. And uh, I remember when my dad died, Tina was like, "Well, you don't want to play this week." I was like, "My dad would would be pissed if we didn't." You know, we, um, that's what we do. And uh, right. yeah. It's Absolutely. been a, the years really, it's, uh, we all are living through this historic moment together for sure. And that's given some more, an extra layer of meaning too, to be together on Thursdays in this yeah. way. It's been life-giving for your friends and fans because we haven't made every single one, but we have really missed live music. I'm sure not even as much as you've missed singing. But it's been so great to say, oh, it's Thursday night. Walt and Tina are going to be singing. And I just, I love how you've, as with all your shows, no two are the same. It's not like you just sing the same songs over and over. You guys we would be have bored. the most it, wonderful. It, yeah, we try to make every, every uh, it's got to be different. And it's got to be unpredictable and and uh, and the and how you do that is you have a huge cocktail before. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, as long as I've known Walt, he, no two shows have been ever alike. I think there's maybe five times he's had a set list, but you know he's got hundreds and hundreds of songs. <laughs> well, and even if you sing the same song, you never sing sing the same song twice, and no. I just love that. You never the same way twice no. ever. Yeah. No. Try because I try singing in harmony. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been great, really, really Thank great, you. and I'm I'm mindful of the time, and I know that uh, you guys have work to do. Yeah, you know what I get? I'm going to the studio to hear the first masters of my new record, which is a big deal, and then I am going to pre-production meeting with a artists we're going to produce and start in two weeks and then do some work on a record that's we're in the middle of for another artist. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's a good day. It's, and, it's I, really fun. and I get to work on Walt stock today. So it's a good life. Yeah. We, we've always got things. To do. Good. Tina, you have a blog and you recently put on your blog and I, I want to wrap up with this because I think it sums up the practical ways that we have watched you all approach life. You said some lessons learned from 2020. (laughs) Be kind and take care of each other. Don't hoard stuff. (laughs) Pick up after yourself. Plant a garden. Plant a tree. Recycle your tequila bottles. Yes. (laughs) Write some poetry. Paint the playground. Take a walk. Take responsibility. Take science to heart. Be thankful. Wash your hands. Wash them again. Wear a mask. Wear a mask and volunteer. Call your friends. Call your family. Don't take travel for granted. Don't take each other for granted. Don't take your vibrant health for granted. Eat an apple rather than the Scooby-Doodles. Take vitamins. Read a book. And maybe when we leave this big blue marble, perhaps the generations will say, it took a pandemic, but they kind of got some things right. Thanks so much for being here and showing us that generosity never leaves us empty-handed. Ah, 
it's great to see it. Great to visit like this, Kathy. It's really great. Thank you guys so much. We Thank look forward you, to seeing you when we do. I cannot wait. Thanks so much for listening and coming along on this journey with us. If you enjoyed this episode, I'll bet you know someone else that might also find it helpful. Sharing an episode is super easy. You can also give a rating or leave a useful comment. And all of these things help the show rankings, which then helps others find the show. Thank you in advance for being an action taker. You can find a full transcript at kathyrushing.com. And if you have a burning question or a comment you'd like to leave, you can now leave me a voicemail and I'll include it in a future episode. Just click the link in the show notes and voila, your voice will show up in my inbox. You're building a life together. Make it a great one. See you next time.